You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome to the Health Hub. I'm Kathy Biasse, and along with our producer, Alex Diaz, we'd like to thank you for coming and listening to our show today. Good morning, Alex. How are you? I'm well. I'm well, thank you. That's good. Alex is a little flustered this morning. I don't know thank what's wrong. What's wrong, Alex? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm doing all right, but... Uh... <laughs> It's just one of those mornings. What it's wonderful to be here, and I'm looking forward to this program for sure. Awesome, awesome. You had a good weekend? Yes, I did. I was uh, at Rogers Center quite a bit. I was there on uh, Friday, Sunday, and I extended it a little bit. I went yesterday. Oh, happy and, days, though. And, happy days if you're a Jays fan. Took in last night's game. It was amazing. Awesome, awesome. I was at... Uh, well, this is a special weekend for us. My daughter had her prom this weekend. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, she was beautiful, actually. And I don't know when the switch was flicked between a child and an adult, but she certainly is not my little baby anymore. And uh, it was lovely. We got to go to the prom site for about an hour and a half or so and watch uh, watch the kids mingle. And we took pictures. And it was uh, she's my youngest, and now she's off to university. It's it's bittersweet, bittersweet. The house is becoming quieter and quieter. That being said, though, uh, we have two at home and one coming back, so <laughs> it, it will be a busy house, but it was, it was really, really kind, kind of nice to see her. Um, today's show, let me talk to you about today's show. We're talking to Sean Lavery, and he is in studio, and you'll talk to him after our break, but he runs a company called Float. Toronto. And it's been something that I've followed from the beginning. And as we were talking before the show, it popped up on my Facebook feed as as the, the company was sort of coming into being in 2014. And I've been watching it ever since. And Sean is going to tell tell me and convince me why it is such an amazing thing. It's been it's kind of a scary thing. And you'll, you'll come to understand that why when um, we start talking about it. But Several people have attested to how beneficial it is on so many, many fronts, many, many health fronts. So as soon as I see stress relieving, pain relief, things like that, I I hone in. And I think this is something you're really going to enjoy listening to. He, he has his place. It's downtown in Toronto. And it, it's the two of them that run it. He's, he's a great chatter. I'm going to read you his bio right now. And stick with us after the break so that you'll understand and hear and find out all about floating. Because it is, as he was saying, it's sort of a cutting edge type of a therapy. that, But it is becoming mainstream. And we've had people on the show talking about Himalayan salts. And, and it's, it's really, it's really a, something that I think you'll really benefit from. Sean is an avid yoga practitioner. He is a former competitive hockey and rugby player. After studying political science uh, and economics at McGill University, which is in Quebec, Canada, he spent a few years as an entrepreneur in the world of online retail. 
Uh, feeling completely overworked and overstressed, he took his, took his first vacation since university. A distinct lack of fulfillment combined with a newfound passion for introspection and silent contemplation led him to his first float. The realization that these magical saltwater pods have the potential to genuinely help a huge amount of people was the motivating factor for Sean and his business partner, Jesse. In the summer of 2014, they opened Float Toronto with the intention of making float and flotation therapy as affordable and accessible as possible. As I mentioned, he is in studio with us, and please feel free to call us. Our number is 416-245-1534. I also have my phone with me if you want to tweet at us, and that would be at Radio Maria Can, or you can tweet at me at my personal account, which is at Kathy underscore Biasse. Uh, you can always email us at thh at radiomaria.ca and we can answer questions or pass them along to Sean at the end of the show or throughout the week that he can get back to you. And we'll have all his information for you. So we're going to take a quick break now. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Sean Lavery about floating.
You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to The Health Hub on Radio Maria Canada. In studio, we have Sean Lavery from Float Toronto. So please, as we uh, start our conversation, give us a call, 416-245-1534. Welcome, Sean. Thank, Thank you, you for coming in. Thanks for having me. Did you have a far drive? I did not, no. Oh, that's good. And you found us no problem. Yeah. We have a, a little quick little turn to get into our place. Some of our people miss it when they're on their way here. So let's get into floating. I really want people to understand what floating is and all the benefits. And we could talk forever. Sean and I have already talked for 20 minutes about this. So hopefully he's not exhausted from the conversation. So tell us what floating is and why you got involved with it. So basically float tanks are eight foot by four foot bathtubs. With uh, 10 inches of water and 1,000 pounds of Epsom salt diluted in them. So, sorry. <laughs> no problem. So, when you lie down in the float tank, it's just totally effortless to float. Like in a lake, pool, ocean, it takes some effort. You have to try to hold your head above water. Here you can just fully relax. You can fall asleep in there, no problem. No treading, no hand motions Nothing. at all? Nothing. Just lie down and fully, completely relax every muscle in your body. Um so, it, like I said, it's eight foot by four foot. It's a little bit bigger than most people kind of think in their head when they hear isolation tank or sensory deprivation tank. We have this uh, tendency to think of a really tight and closed space. It's not at all. You can kind of lie down with your hands over your head and starfish out, and you won't be touching that. Just and um, and it's also a bit taller than you think, like because it's only ten inches of water. When you reach your arms straight up, you um, you don't really reach the roof or anything. So it, it's more spacious once you kind of get settled in there than than most people kind of are anticipating. Um, and basically the water and air are temperature controlled to skin temperature. So once you kind of settle in, you lose that boundary at the edge of your body. Um, so it's light proof, sound proof and temperature controlled. So you're not dealing with gravity because of the, the flotation. Uh, you're not dealing with trying to regulate temperature. You're not dealing with trying to process audio or visual information. And, um, it's just this really nice, deep relaxation for your nervous system. It has no sensory input coming in. So therein lies my issue, is getting into one of these tanks. So walk me through, I come to your place, I go to the front desk, and then what happens? So you'll sit down up at the front there, and we have some iPads. Uh, you'll watch a five-minute intro video, which kind of goes through every single step of the process. Um, you'll hop in to the float room, which has a, a shower, a float tank, and a bench. So you'll get changed, you'll hop in the shower, rinse off, and then you'll get in the float tank, lie down. Uh, your first time, you can leave the door open if you want to. You can leave the door open for 10 or 15 minutes and close it once you're feeling more comfortable with the space. You could always wedge a towel in the door, which is something I recommend if people have like claustrophobic concerns. Um, and yeah, you, it's kind of once you close the door to your private room, you're in complete control. It's a lightweight manual door. Um, no one can close it on you. You have to close it yourself and uh, you can open it anytime. Okay. Well, therein lies my issue, as I said. But let's step back a bit. I mean, you're a young guy. Uh, you played rugby. You played hockey. How did you get into floating? I mean, you're uh, just before the show was starting, Sean, Sean took some time and he sort of closed his eyes. And, and it, it's nice to see that, you know, he lives obviously lives the lifestyle of what his floating tanks are supposed to be. But I mean, that's, that's like a total left turn going from rugby and ho hockey into something like this. Absolutely. Yeah. So my business partner was a basketball player at McGill. I played hockey and rugby my whole life. And um, right around, I guess we were probably both around 21 and our kind of athletic careers were petering out. And we both kind of wandered into yoga classes and started getting into yoga and meditation to just kind of take care of old injuries and stuff like that. But it kind of developed into this whole other 
eye-opening world of uh, just taking care of yourself, really. And um, we both kind of came up obsessed with the with, with yoga for the physical practice, but also with the idea of um, introspection and kind of taking time to just sit quietly and think about your life and, and all kinds of benefits came out of that introspection. And we both just kind of became passionate about getting involved with that world somehow, never really knew um, how that would look. And then we heard of floating. And after a couple of years of hearing about it, there was nowhere to try it. We were both living in BC at the time. And uh, we finally both got to try it. I, was, I got to when I was on vacation in Montreal. And uh, there's an amazing place there called Ovarium on, uh, on Saint-Denis. And I just had an amazing experience and realized that this is something like it's, it's not just a novelty thing and it's not a trend or fad. It's, it's got some real benefits to it. And like I said, there was no one doing it in, at the time in Vancouver. So we decided to open a place. In and, Vancouver? Yeah. And so oh. right when we got serious about it, we found out someone else was opening. And it wasn't quite clear where this industry was headed in the short term. Like if it would, if the Vancouver market could sustain more than sustain one. both of you. Exactly. So we decided to hold back and see how they did. And long story short, they did very well. They opened, they were fully booked right away. Um, there are now, I think, a dozen float centers in Vancouver. Um, the whole industry just kind of took off there. And around that time, this was in, I guess, 2013, 14, we were thinking, okay, now what? And no one was really doing it in Toronto. There was a couple tanks in operation, kind of in basements or in the back of other businesses or something like that. But no one had uh, taken the flotation therapy concept as a, its own business um, and done that. So we decided to move out here. So you moved from Vancouver here and opened the, the float tanks. That's right. So give us the sort of the mechanisms of the float tank. So you said there's water. There's what type of salt is there? It's Epsom salt. It's Epsom salt. And yeah. you source that from somewhere in Toronto? or Yeah, there's a company in Mississauga called Alpha Chem, and they, they provide us with the very large amounts of Epsom salt. And then how, how much salt is in a tank? How, you know, is it tasty? Does it taste like salt? The it whole? tastes terrible. It tastes it, terrible. It doesn't taste like salt, like table salt at all. It tastes extremely bitter. Like the German word for it is bitter salt. So that's what comes on the bag. Um, it's very, very bitter. So basically there's a thousand pounds. You've heard of taking Epsom salt baths, right? Absolutely. Doctors recommend it for muscle aches and stuff and injuries and recovery and all that. Um, so at home you'd put maybe, you know, half a pound to two pounds if you're really going for it, you'd put maybe two pounds into your bathtub. And we have, like I said, a thousand pounds in, in our tubs. And so, is that what's causing you to float? Is it the exactly. salt that's causing you to float? Yeah. So your body's mostly made up of water, right? And the water in our float tanks is a lot more dense than regular water because there's a thousand pounds of salt in it. And that makes it almost when you feel it, it's a, you can feel that it's significantly thicker than water. And that, that yes, that's what makes you float on the top of it. So you've got a number of people, you were telling me that you're booked all, all day. Um, so it's one after the other coming in. And this, the, the pod, does it clean itself or is it some self-cleaning? Do you have to top up the water between? Yeah, no, it? absolutely. Yeah. So there's a really extensive filtration system attached to it. Um, basically, what we have is a pool pump attached to a bathtub and it can filter all that water out in about three minutes. And so we run that for 15 minutes between each person. So all that water gets filtered three to five times um, between each customer. It goes through like a hair trap, a particulate filter um, with three layers, and then a UV light that would kill any biological material. And then on top of that, there's a hydrogen peroxide, which we use as a disinfectant. And as well, the Epsom salts itself is a, it kind of kills a lot of stuff. So for example, you have the Dead Sea, right? Where not, stuff can't grow very well. Mm -hmm. um, this is a higher salt concentration than that. Okay, now do you actually... 
do the floating yourself? Do you have oh, yeah. time? Yes. You do. Yeah. And how not, often not do you enough do? time, but yes. Well, how many times, uh, you know, is this, is it like a yoga practice? Is this something that you sort of build up towards? Uh, how long is each session? You may, I mean, my first, if, if, if I went down to see you, I think I would be, you know, let me try it for two minutes and see how it goes. <laughs> that would be my first inclination. But is that generally what, what people do? Do they, do they try it out for a first time or how, how do you develop this practice of floating? Yeah, well, it is definitely a bit of a practice to answer your first question. Um, we do have an introductory three pack that we try to urge people to get to come try it a few times because it can take some getting used to. It's like any environment in life, right? Your nervous system takes some time to adapt to it. And that same goes for when you take all stimulation away, your nervous system just doesn't quite know what to do with that. So it can take a bit of time to get used to it and relax. Um, some people have amazing first floats and some people kind of break through on their second or third float. Um, so we do have that intro pack that we try to talk people into um just so that they can try to get the full experience um and sorry what was your other question i actually don't remember what my other question (laughs) was so well i I wanted to know is it a practice is it something that you get do you get better at floating or is it is it like layers of letting go-ishness like like a yoga practice or is it something you just go to relax and regenerate and then that's it yeah there's definitely a full spectrum we get people who come in you know they'll come in after a car accident say 10 times in a month and we won't see them again for years and then we have people who come in twice a week um, as their like main form of stress relief or stress maintenance Um, so there's definitely a full spectrum we get people who come in once a month once a week twice a week um three times in their life and they all have positive experiences, but for different reasons and in different ways. Do people ever panic going into there? Like just being alone with my thoughts is kind of freaky. Yeah, absolutely. People do panic, but it's very rare. And I know everyone listening is going to say, I'm definitely going to be the one who panics. It's, it's, uh, we probably get 10 to 15 people a day who are pretty scared when they come in. And we probably like one out of a hundred of those will, will kind of get out after 15 minutes and say, I just couldn't handle it couldn't handle it so you know when you did your first floating experience did you melt into it right away or did it take you some time to figure out what your brain must have been you know you must have you when i guess when all your sensory aspects are being removed and all you've got left is your thoughts it must they must be pretty loud in your head totally yeah so that's definitely something that that's part of the reason why we have that that intro back that i was talking about is because my first float i spent the first 45 minutes just being like okay, like yeah. <laughs> waiting for something to happen. But then I was kind of lucky and, and I did get 10 minutes of just like kind of magic at the end of it. And it was pretty amazing. Well, what are you aiming for? Like what what is the aim of a good float session? Well, that's a good question. And I, I like to say that the biggest mistake is that people make is aiming for anything. And that, that that's mm-hmm. certainly a lesson I learned myself in that first float. It wasn't until I kind of let go of any expectations and just kind of lied there that I, that I fully experienced it. Um, so the number one thing I would recommend is to go in there without any expectations. Really, you're just getting into a very relaxing Epsom salt bath and just kind of lie down and fall asleep if you will, or think about what you need to think about and, and let whatever happens, happens. And you, you absolutely can't slip under the water. No, no. Interesting. And do you have people from all ages? Absolutely. Yeah. We get a full spectrum of ages. There's definitely, uh, it's weighted towards probably people from 18 to 40, I'd say, just because they tend to be a little bit more open-minded about trying new things, especially especially with regards to health. Um, but we do get definitely get a full spectrum. We get, you know, five or 10 people every day who are outside that. 
Interesting. And we talked a little bit about the salt caves. And what is the difference between, you know, my son, I told you, went to a salt cave and he said he loved the experience and he he breathed it in. What is the difference between that and, say, being totally immersed in the salt water? Is it more of a sensory deprivation or? Yeah, there's certainly more of a sensory deprivation in a, a float tank. I'm not super familiar with the like the actual benefits of salt cave therapy. One thing I would say, and this is something that I would say is definitely a big part of what we do as well, is just the idea of putting your phone away for an hour. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily all this technology and, or sorry, not technology, but um the stimulation advan- i think right constant stimulation of course yeah yeah so it's not necessarily all this advanced stuff that we're talking about with float tanks that really have obviously they have an effect but a big part of what we do is just force you to put your phone away for an hour i think and that would definitely be a lot harder for the 18 to 25 year old group i just i mean we in our house we go from 18 and up and mm-hmm. just even within my kids the spectrum of who's on the phone more uh, my youngest daughter it, it was brought up in in the phone generation. My oldest son, he didn't get a phone, I don't think, till he was in grade 10. Yeah. So it's a part, I mean, the phone lights up and they're on the phone and, and just to get rid of that for an hour. I mean, I, I told the kids we should do like a weekend and they nearly flipped, you know, one right. of those detoxing. Yeah. And I, I admit it would be hard for me too, not for an hour, but uh, it would be hard for a long deprivation of of being in contact all the time. So are you seeing people that are coming into your place that are um, adding to their sort of protocols for health? Or are you getting people like, hey, I've heard of you. I want to try getting healthier and more mindful. Let me give this a shot. What are you seeing? That's exactly it. Yeah, again, it is a full spectrum. The way I see it is that we'll fit in for some people as their primary kind of form of self-care. And they'll come in to see us once or twice a week. And for some people, you know, if you're going to yoga three or four times a week and, and you know, going for a walk every day and leaving your phone at home, you're not going to need to come to a, for a float very often. And I totally recommend that people do that instead because it's a lot more affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those people who can't or won't do those other things, we're just there as an option. And and for some, again, for some people, that'll be very regular. And for some people, it'd be, you know, once a month or once every couple months. Okay. And how many people are floating at the same time, did you say? Uh, so we have five tanks, yeah. You have five tanks. And I think you were talking about, you know, even there I, there are some people that can't get over that claustrophobia idea. You're trying to implement a different type of a floating experience. Yeah, yeah. sometime in the near future, we're hoping to get, um, or we will be getting uh, some new float tanks. Uh, the, so the ones we have right now are four and a half feet tall, which once you're in there, it's actually totally spacious. That's about table high? Or? Uh, no, it's about it's about this high here. Okay. Yeah. Um, so again, once you're in the tank, it, it's very spacious. It's not a problem at all. Like most people, the vast, vast like 99% of people who come in have great experiences. Okay. Um, but what it does do is there's a mental block there. So it prevents people from coming in to try it even. Right. And so what the new tanks will do, they'll be seven or eight feet tall. And uh, they're more of float rooms than float tanks. And that will hopefully have the effect of, of getting more people who haven't been willing to try it yet um, come in and give it a shot. Now, would you graduate from the bigger rooms to the smaller? Is it? I, no, we will change all the rooms. Oh, you're going to change all the rooms? Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. And yeah. you'll still get the same sensory, sensory exactly, deprivation? Exactly. Yeah. It's actually a better a better float experience, yeah. Really? Yeah. Why would that be? Um, it has a lot. Well, there, there are several things. Um, we've been working with a manufacturer in Virginia to develop a new float tank, and there are a bunch of advancements coming with it. Um, but a big one is air quality. The smaller the tank, the quicker um, 
kind of CO2 builds up and yeah. and we do have active ventilation in the tanks we have right now. So there is air coming in. Um, so ours are not bad, but the bigger the tank, obviously just the better, the better. The we air are circulation, exactly. ventilation and everything. Yeah. yeah. You don't think of those things, you know, when you're building, I guess you've got, as you said, even just to filtrate, you've got all these processes that the, the tank has to go for filtration. So it's not as easy as filling it up with water and salt and jumping in. Exactly. And it does get a bit humid in there because the water is being heated consistently, right? To right. keep it at skin temperature and what that does is inevitably helps water evaporate and so humidity does build up in there again with the active ventilation it does help circulate that air and get some of it out but these new tanks will be the first ones with humidity controls so even a better experience exactly awesome we're going to go to break sean and when we come back we're going to dive deep into the health benefits the research and so forth so stay with us enjoy the music break and we'll be back shortly In my wrestling and in my doubts In my failures you won't walk out Your great love will lead me through You are the peace in my troubled sea Whoa, You are the peace in my troubled sea In the silence you won't let go In the questions your truth will hold Your great love will lead me through You are the peace in my troubled sea You are the peace in my troubled sea My lighthouse, my lighthouse Shining in the darkness to show
You are listening to The Health Hub, here on Radio Maria Canada. A Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, please call 416-245-1534. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. I'm here with Sean Lavery from Float Toronto. And now we're going to take the second part of our show and really dive deep into the benefits of floating. It's not just a nice experience, right? It goes far deeper than that, right? Absolutely. Awesome. So maybe give us some of the benefits. I've got I've got a page and a half of benefits that we're going to try and get through. But pinpoint for me the ones that you think or you've seen the biggest response with or you know if it's an injury or stress reduction give us what you find are the top benefits absolutely yeah so the big one like you said is definitely just it is a nice relaxing experience and there is actually research to show that so um the big one is stress relief for sure um there is research showing that it does reduce cortisol levels which is pretty significant nowadays it's something a lot of people are dealing with um but on top of that it does have uh significant impact on chronic pain issues. Um, and the big uh, kind of frontier right now is mental health with floating. So there's a place called the Laureate Institute for Brain Research in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And they have like uh, MRI machines and uh, float tanks next door to each other. And they're doing some really interesting research on things like uh, anxiety, depression, um, PTSD. And they're even doing some interesting stuff with anorexia. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, the, the, we're just going to go a little off topic here. I I would think, now correct me if I'm wrong, because I obviously don't know much about this, but someone with PTSD going into a float tank, that would, you would have to monitor that quite Absolutely. closely, wouldn't you? I mean, that would be... That could be really disarming for some people. Exactly, yeah. And that's why the, intro, the the research is ongoing. There are a lot of really, really, really positive stories out there. Um, so it's all anecdotal at this point. There is some preliminary research being done right now with promising results. But they have had you know a, a number of instances that are negative. So they're trying to figure out how to mitigate that and how to uh, you know make it properly safe and comfortable for, for people who could potentially have bad experiences. So the the breakthrough is the point you want to get to. I guess it's getting to that point that could be awfully hard on some people. Exactly. Yeah, we totally want to avoid that. But with that being said, the overwhelming majority of, of cases are having very, very positive experiences. Well, let's go back to the stress part then. And you talked about cortisol and how that works in your body. And over time... The, you know, to get into the physiology, the adrenals can get tired because of the constant stress and the cortisol goes up and down, you know, depending on what stage you are in your adrenal response. But what do you see as the stress relieving part of of the floating? Is it is it, you know, when people are, are, are way beyond the point where they can't calm down or do you like to catch them in the middle of their their stress responses or how, how do you find that that floating works with that stress yeah so there's definitely two components the physical and the mental side which insofar as they can be separated um on the physical side you're going to have a very deep physical relaxation in there your muscles are going to release tension in a way that they they don't normally do your nervous system like i said has no sensory input and it causes your muscles to just really really let go um and then on the mental side inevitably in there you have no distractions right and so your mind is kind of forced and this can be a daunting idea for a lot of people but it's forced to confront you know the big issues in your life and 
for a lot of people that, like I said, it sounds a bit scary, but inevitably in there you end up confronting them and dealing with them. And most people are having really positive experiences on that front too. And that's a significant part of stress. So on the one hand, you have the physical stress that is being relieved and the other side, um, you're in, most people are having very um, stress relieving experiences on the mental side as well. Are people coming out exhausted from these sessions? No, they're coming out very relaxed and rejuvenated. You don't want to just go have a big sleep because I mean, that's, no, that's a big thing for the body to handle. Yeah, definitely. People are sleeping really well. A lot of people are, we have a lot of regular people who are coming in who were dealing with insomnia issues and they're coming in for floats before bed. Uh, they're getting the extra rest in the tank. They're also having a better night's sleep. And usually they're saying that that night, that better night's sleep will last for a week or two. So and this is like a humongous detox. Absolutely. So you're detoxing your muscles, you're detoxing your brain, you're detoxing so many other different things. Now, we talked about um, some of the medical aspects and a question popped into my head. People with handicaps, are they benefiting from floating? Have you had people come in? Are you able to deal with people, say, perhaps in wheelchairs? So it's very difficult for someone in a wheelchair, for most people in a wheelchair to get in and out of the tank. You can, if you have someone come in and help you in and out, that works. With that being said... There's some people out there with disabilities who are into amazing things. Um, we've had a guy who was very severely disabled. He got himself in and out of the tank. He's like incredible. So, um, I'm yeah. thinking maybe people with uh, Parkinson's. Yes, absolutely. You know? So again, I can't. I, I don't want to give the wrong impression and say that there are um, promised therapeutic benefits to this. But there are, again, anecdotal cases of people with Parkinson's coming in and having good experiences as well. Okay, so talk about the, 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 the point in your mind where you break. How hard is that to handle? Um, in break in what sense? Break in, you know, you get in there, you're thinking, your mind must be going a mile a minute because nothing else is going. Mm-hmm. So at what point... You know, when you were floating, for instance, you, you, you can only take your own personal experience. At what point do, do things just like click or stop? Is it after you've been through like a heck of a lot of thoughts and you've just decided to shut down or does your body shut down on you? Yeah, it totally varies every float. So sometimes you're going to come in, if you come in after a workout, um, you're just going to lie there and probably fall asleep or just get really, really relaxed. If you come in after a long run or, or a really good workout, on the other hand, if you come in, you know, while you're dealing with some kind of stressful, emotional or kind of social situation in your life, whether it be a relationship or something at work or, or something like that, you might sit there thinking about it for the whole hour and your mind could be racing a mile a minute, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think one of the, there's this book I read a little while ago um, called The World Beyond Your Head and what the author kind of, he coins the term freedom of attention and he's talking about how um humans kind of evolved with what he calls freedom of attention, the freedom to think about what you want to think about. And inevitably what humans would do with that time and freedom is think about a better version of themselves, a better life for yourself and kind of strategize how to make that happen. And what he's saying with how aggressive marketing has become, you know, around 1900, there was like very little marketing. By 1960, it was estimated we were seeing 500 ads a day. Now it's estimated that we're seeing 5,000. Um, he's saying that our attention is being sucked out of our heads and we no longer have the capacity to um, kind of think for ourselves, if mm-hmm. you will. And 
So what the float tank can do is give you a mega dose of that freedom to think about what you want to think about, what's important to you. Um, without any distraction, you end up going down some rabbit holes that, like I said earlier, can be a bit scary beforehand, but are almost universally good for you. I read an article talking about how, you know, the younger generation, it, their brains are actually being rewired because of all of, of the quickness of response of having things at their fingertips. And it, it goes to that point where, you know, when we were younger, you didn't have, you know, the internet to look things up. You had to take a book, you had to take your time and look through and, and you weren't instantly gratified. And now with the instant gratification, people's brains are becoming rewired and their sense of focus is not there. And that's got to be a huge thing to overcome if you're a 22-year-old who's, you know, you have a question pop into your head and you Google it and there's the answer. I mean, you're just, and you're constantly, you know, social media coming at you all the time. You're, you're constantly engaged. So I, you know, I would think that somebody who's a little older in that spectrum might have less of a time getting into that meditative, relaxing state. And this is just, you know, this is anecdotal, as you said, but, you know, I, I just, I just see, you know, kids are always, they're always up, they're always on, you know, someone's always texting or whatever. And to try and get through that layer and, and just have that shut off totally. must be in and of itself. That's interesting because I, I also think that there is, um, like our clientele is typically, I would say over 20. Like we're not getting a lot of young people in because typically they don't have enough money to afford floating. Um, I'm very interested to see what happens with that generation because it's it's really the like 12 to 18 year olds. Those are the kids who grew up. They never knew a world without internet. Exactly. And, and they're not fully, they're not really part of our customer base yet. So I'm not super familiar with those people and how they interact with the float tank. Um, but that will be interesting to see over the next decade or so. Well, the, the 20, 20, 25 year olds, they would be on that, tipping point too. I mean, those must be, and that must be an age group where people are, are taking a conscious decision that they need to change some things. Exactly. Yeah. No, it, it is becoming clear pretty much at the highest levels of competition in, in every sense, like military athletes, um, that taking time to pause and kind of think about your life and, and give your body this physical and mental relaxation is giving you a competitive advantage. So you have like the Navy SEALs have four float tanks, the SEAL Team 6 oh, really? like at, their, at their top facility. They have four float tanks. Uh, Tom Brady has one in his house. Um, he apparently floats every day. Um, Steph Curry is floating regularly as well. So at the top levels of competition, you're seeing how beneficial it is to kind of take some time to pause. And pretty much everyone at this point at those levels is uh, is also doing yoga and meditation. And that is that is fairly new. I mean, that that's sort of cusp sort of health therapy. You know, where it was... It was, you know, you see even the baseball athletes, they're all top, top shape now. I mean, they're all, they all work out. And now I now see that the cutting edge of sort of health and co competition is doing this, is taking mindfulness and mindfulness comes into every aspect of life. Mindfulness comes into the lives of people that are ill. Mindfulness comes into lives that are, that are huge achievers and mindfulness has a place in our everyday life. Absolutely. And so that's why, you know, I was so I was so excited to see these float tanks. And I and I do want to overcome my own fear and try it. But mindfulness and stress reduction in this day and age is key. And I just can't help but think that 
your type of business is going to grow and grow and grow as as word gets out that this is a huge component of health. I mean, you know, many of you have heard me talking all the time about, you know, chronic disease and things that are failing in our health almost always have some root in some aspect of stress. So this is why, you know, Sean's here. He's here to tell you that this is a valuable component and a valuable tool to have in your health toolkit. So this is for the everyday and for the athlete. This is for the people that have had accidents, the people that want to get into better shape. So tell me, do you know, so these athletes that pull back and they meditate and they they get into themselves, do they have a physiological benefit as well. So they're relaxing their muscles. They're sort of changing their tone of their muscles. You know, I I think that challenging our bodies all the time is a good thing for health. So is that a component of what makes an athlete, uh, most makes floating a good part of an athletic person? Yeah, absolutely. There is a physical side to it too, for sure. There's a muscle release, tension release in there that's really beneficial. Um, But I think the, the big thing is what you were, what you were getting at before about the kind of conscious decision to take time um, to just calm down. Um, yeah, these, these athletes, like there's so much momentum behind life for regular people these days. Like mm-hmm. it, it was the same thing as the book I was referencing earlier. There's so much momentum and, and it's so easy to get caught up in the world that making a conscious decision to break from that and just take time for yourself is proving beneficial to these athletes and it's, it's going to do the same thing for regular people. Yeah, I'm thinking people that are in the spotlight all the time, this may be, you know, one of the few places they go and close themselves off and they can just be themselves. Well, that's exactly it. Yeah. So the clients that walk in, are you seeing, are you seeing celebrities from the area or are you seeing people that, um, are you more, are you more the new place that people are trying? Or are you seeing people that really have a handle on what is, is beneficial for health or is it a mix of everything? Yeah, no, it's, it's certainly a mix of everybody, but we do have like Donaldson came in a few times a few weeks ago. Uh, Batista has been coming in uh, a bunch of Blue Jays, a bunch of Maple Leafs, like people are coming in regularly. Um, so it, it's, it's definitely changing right now. Things are changing where people are realizing the competitive advantage of that. And that's trickling down to pretty much every aspect of society. You're seeing everyday people do it and you're seeing um, those competitive athletes try to maintain their edge as well. Where do you see the future of your business going? Now you're saying that these are already in some, you know, uh, athletes homes. Do you see these becoming sort of mainstream in the health field, going into hospitals, into clinics? I do. Yeah. So kind of getting into to the research side of things, um, basically on the, on the f- kind of, um, the, the stress relief one cortisol that's been proven, um, with, with research, uh, same thing with, uh, chronic pain issues. Um, but most of these, this research has been done with 20 to 30 patient studies. The evidence is so like statistically, it seems highly probable that there is something there. Um, but for it to enter the mainstream medical community, it's going to have to be repeated with, you know, a thousand per- patient mm-hmm. populations or whatever. Um, and what that requires is like, you know, tens of millions of dollars in funding to, to get these studies finished. And where we're at right now is the industry has not been, there's no intellectual property here. Mm-hmm. So there's no way for someone to kind of lock down the benefits of accomplishing that right. research. And so what we as an industry have to do is make sure that there's many healthy businesses as possible so that we can all pitch in a little bit of money every year for research and get some of these bigger research projects off the ground. Um, 
that seems like it's inevitably going to happen over the next decade. Um, all the, like I said, all the preliminary research, depression, anxiety, um, chronic pain, uh, stress relief, all this stuff has been done already. And it's just a matter of time to before that funding comes through and, and we start to get that stuff uh, finished. Has anyone approached you? Or are you involved right now in any clinical trials? Uh, we're not involved in any clinical trials. Um, like I said before, there's a, the Laureate Institute for Brain Research is, is managing all of the preliminary stuff right now. Um, what what we've took upon ourselves is we went to the float conference last year. It's a gathering of all the float centers and basically across the world. And uh, there were about 800 people there last year. And we gave a talk on marketing. That's our strong suit. And that's how we've been able to fill the fill our center. And by filling the center, we've been able to have a turn a profit. And by turning a profit, we we would be happy to, you know, donate ten or twenty thousand dollars to float research. And if every center across North America was kind of had their tanks full and was profitable, we would all be able to kind of accomplish this together. And so we went to that conference last year and kind of gave away all of our marketing secrets with the hope of that other people would adopt that and we would have a kind of a more thriving industry. It's a nice approach. You know, you want, it's, it's really nice when people can collaborate and work for the benefit of, of everybody. Now you have one float center in downtown Toronto West end. Yeah. We're just across from the Drake hotel across from the Drake. Are you, Planning on opening up anything more eastward, northward, anything? All directions, yeah. All directions. <laughs> yeah, we know we would love to. It's, it's, a, it's always just kind of a matter of time. We're very picky about finding the right space. We have a lot of kind of soundproofing requirements. We got really lucky with the space we have right now. We have, we're next door to a bank and a dentist who owns this space. And so there's no sound issues. Um, uh, where anywhere else that we open, we always have the potential of, you know, someone next door to us going out of business and a bar moving in. Yeah. And then we, you know, we're our busiest time is from 7 p.m. to 1 in the morning and we can't really have a bar next to us. So like I said, we're very picky about space. It's just kind of a matter of time, taking our time and being patient and finding the right spaces. Um, but yeah, we definitely want to open kind of all over the place, really. Are you open 24 hours a day? Uh, we're open 8 a.m. to 1 a.m. 8 a.m. to 1 a.m. And you're fairly booked. So how, how long in advance, if I wanted to make an appointment to come down and see you, is it a week's worth of advance notice? Or? I would say like during the summer, it gets a little bit quieter. So you can usually book a weekend like the day before. Um, during the winter when, you know, there's no outdoor activities, it, I would generally recommend booking at least three or four days to a week in advance. In advance. How long is it a session? I know you said that some people, you know, tap out after, you know, two or three minutes, but generally you're, you're adapted. What is a session? Yeah. Th yeah. That is very rare. So the, the average session is one hour. So we it's have, an it's an hour and a half time blocks. So you'll have 10 minutes before and after to shower and get changed an hour in the tank. And we will have 10 minutes to clean the room for the next person. And basically all our sessions throughout the day are one hour, but the first and last session of the day are two hours for the same price. Oh, okay. Yeah. People don't want to get up early or stay up late. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And is it is it financially accessible for many people? Can you write this off? Um, so we're kind of in a gray zone there. What, where we're at is basically if you get a, a letter of recommendation from a registered healthcare practitioner, so a doctor, chiropractor, and naturopath, and send that in along with a receipt from us to your insurance company, most companies seem to be covering that right now. That's good to know. But it is a bit of a gray zone and we kind of can't make any promises, which is unfortunate. We'd love to actually be able to, you know, accept insurance. Um, so that's going to kind of unfold over the next few years as the research continues to come out. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, 
it's definitely financial accessibility is something like that. That's our main focus. We've tried to make it as affordable as possible. The Traditionally, the average float price in the industry is somewhere in the 60 to $80 range. Per float? Per float. And ours is closer to 40 okay. And so what we've done is, is try to design the whole business around making it as affordable as possible. And of course, I understand that you know floating once a week at $40 is still $160 a month. And most mm-hmm. people can't afford that. Um, but we're doing absolutely everything we can to make it as affordable as possible. Well, the insurance companies are offering, you know, very creative, you know, things that help people to submit. So it is worthwhile looking to the insurance company, you know, even the industry that I'm in as well. Some are offering flex dollars. So it's just a matter of calling the insurance company and finding out what they do offer. But definitely a worthwhile thing to 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 at least investigate. You know, you do have to come over your fair, Sean. I promise you I will be coming down. Absolutely. I will. I might be one of those leaving the door open idea for the first go, but um, I'm actually afraid of my own thoughts. So I <laughs> definitely will be coming down. Um, and, and I want to encourage everybody at least to take a look at the website and get some idea of the testimonials. And, you know, the fact that Bautista went in there is is that's what yeah, it's, I'm going to. And he's been coming him. back too, right? Like, so we'll talk about his schedule <laughs> because he's my guy on the Jace. So but yeah, so it's, it's definitely something that I, I do want to get involved with. So I'm going to give you uh, the contact information information for Sean. And if you have any questions that you want to ask or you want to put through, you can email us at THH at RadioMaria.ca. But Sean can be reached at uh, on his website at floatToronto.com. His address is 1159 Queen Street West, and that's in Toronto. So do familiarize yourself with this wonderful therapy. And thank you so much for coming in. I really do appreciate it driving here and seeing us. So I, I, it's really nice to have people in studio to talk with. It's, it's really I great. I totally agree. So thank you so much. Thanks a lot for having me. Oh, our pleasure. So we're going to end up with our tip of the day. And, you know, I really had to try long and hard to try tie something in. So hopefully you'll see the connection here. So eggshells are porous. And over time, air gets into eggs. So as more air gets into the eggs over time, the, the egg can spoil. So here's the punchline. If you put your egg in water and it floats, toss it. So thank you very much for coming to the Health Hub, and we will chat with you next week. You have been listening to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.